Table Talk is not your typical D&D TTRPG podcast. We are not here to run you through our whole campaign. We're here to talk about everything else in the space of Table Talk. I'm your host, Alejandra Wilhelm. And I'm also your host, Mariah Gresham. And we're your tabletop roleplay girlies. Alrighty! Welcome back. Hello, I'm eating chocolate. <laughs> Caught you in a bad time. <laughs> Did I? Did I catch you in, a, in, a, in an inopportune time? It's fine. I fully saw you eat that chocolate and I was like, we're going to start recording now. I didn't go, fuck. Well, I'm like, all right. <laughs> Like, this uh, is every experience I've ever had at a restaurant when the waiter comes by and it's like, how's your food? Yeah. And I was like, well, half of it's in my mouth, so I can't answer You're yet. like, I am going to kill myself after this fully <laughs> from the embarrassment. Um, yeah. So welcome back to episode four of Table Talk. Um, and we're we're going to get into something that we are both very passionate about. Very passionate about. Um to an alarming degree, I would say. We did spend... How long do you think we spent making characters yesterday? Yesterday, I think we spent... <laughs> I, I, that, that's, that's, a gen- to, that's a genuine question. It's a I'm, genuine not, question. I'm not being a smartass. Because um, we finished yours probably about eight. Yeah. But I think we started... When, when did Bex come over? Let me check my phone. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out the, the, the logistics like of how long we fucking three? took. I that could be wrong. So let me see. <laughs> I want to say, uh, uh, hang on, hang on. Definitely in a four. Yeah, six. she got here at three or around three. Okay, so like a clean five hours. Yeah, a clean five. It's better hours. than like eight, which is what I thought it was. How would like it's oh a my school, God. it's an American school uh, day, <laughs> an American school day. So if you can't tell, the subject today is character creation, um, which we are both absolute just goblins about. Yes. Um, but yeah, like uh, character creation. So I, I'm going to talk a little bit about like my personal process because I know you and I have similar but yet different. Yeah, I mine changes methodology a lot. I feel like you have more of a set method, and mine really changes depending on yeah the campaign where I'm at mentally, what stimulus yeah. like and th- what thing I've con- seen or consumed. That what location do the stars have in the cosmos? Basically, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so my method a little bit is um, I have a tendency to peruse, um, you know, Pinterest, which is a haven for the good, good character art. And I truly have it down to a science to where somebody could be like, I'm really having a hard time finding character art for this character. And they just give me like three characteristics. And I'm like, I have it pulled up like a goddamn FBI agent hunting for like America's most wanted. You have great Gatsby orcs. It's disgusting. I have great Gatsby orcs on my timeline. If I try to look for orcs, I don't get great Gatsby orcs. I get (laughs) the basic ass orcs. You get like a big hulking barbarian orc. And I'm like, listen, do I love that for certain scenarios? Yes. Is that what I'm looking for? No. Meanwhile, I have these like sleek, beautiful, yeah, like, Gatsby orcs in tuxedos with martini glasses. Yes. And open and flapper dresses. Flapper and like, dresses. And it's it's a very niche uh, ecosystem. I, I have, have more like interest. moody, like elven murder bitch vibes. <laughs> I mean, which, which check four episodes in, and how much time you, you've spent talking about how you make unhappy bitches? I vampire. I am running vampire the masquerade. It does check. It tracks. It tracks. The math does math. 
Um, it's a lot of dark academia yeah, academia vibes yeah. in there. They're, listen, they're a vibe. I love I love all of your characters. Thanks. I like them. Um, but yeah, I have this method of like, I tend to peruse and collect and hoard character art, especially now as a DM, because yes. now I need NPCs. Just, now you have, now it's like validated. Now, yeah, now to, I feel valid in you have how to hoard, much. You had to hoard long before, and you're like, this is my dirty secret that no one can know. Yeah. About. Because and now that you're in DM, you're like, I can justify you're it. like, this is practical. Yeah. This now, is, this is research. Now it's kind of like, you know, I'm I'm self-employed running my own business and I can write this off on my taxes. Yeah. <laughs> is, is the energy. Um, whereas you're before, like, my 18 Pinterest boards just make me look organized yeah. instead of obsessive now. Exactly. Exactly. Which but, is, that's really all you can ask for, truly. Truly. And so I do just be out here looking through character art. And then when I find one that just resonates with my heart and soul, especially with the vibe of a certain campaign I'm about to start or a one shot or what have you, I'm like, this is it. And then everything will be structured around this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I take a look at the art and I'm like, do they look like a, what kind of class do they look like they could be? Yeah. And that's when I start going like, okay, this art I think could be a rogue or whatever, whatever. And that, then I start delving into that. Um, I pick the classes. I, depending on the campaign, I, I will start absolutely hounding and bombarding my DM constantly. Yeah. With a million and one questions about the world, about the how mechanics. the mechanics, because um, the setting matter. Like some people say, absolutely. like, oh, the setting doesn't matter. And I'm like, no, but it does mm-hmm. because you can't just make a Margaritaville like beach buddy if you're going to be in the tundra. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that's an extreme example, but I'm like, I need her to fit. Yeah, like you could, but you're going to have to be pulling some strings yeah. to figure out why he's there. It's like if I whip out a drow and drop them in the middle of Faerun, yeah. like that's going to be rough. It's going to be a rough and time. Me. Uh, versus if we're in the Underdark, then exactly. it's fine. Exactly. Uh, so I do be out here just absolutely sending novellas to my DMs and being like, uh, my, part of my creative process is like, yes, asking questions, then like throwing ideas at the wall, seeing if they stick. And I need that rapport back and forth in order to be like, okay, what about this? What about this? We start latching on to little bits and pieces, and then I start forming a big picture. Um, Another thing that I like to do sometimes is um, like a little used thing that sometimes doesn't really get brought up, but I kind of like to take a look at the flaws and ideals and the bonds um, when I don't have an idea of where I, if I don't already have a set idea of where I want to go with this character. Yeah. Um, I tend to look through those. Like once I pick. Yeah. The, sometimes they give you like a starting place yeah. for an idea to run with. Once I pick the race, once I pick the class, um, I have in the background or whatever, um, I can sift through those and sometimes you can start finding cool things to to work off of yeah just like little things to flesh it out yeah a bit like maybe you know what their big driving motive is but it's like how they feel about it or other characters exactly. feel about them or whatever and like actually that was the entire way that i came up with cadence oh, okay. so cadence was one that i struggled for a bit because i knew i had found art of yeah the original cadence the original yeah, cadence um the original cadence, she evolved a lot because I think the original art was this one of she this like very porcelain, like, like porcelain, almost like Fabergé egg. Yeah. Vi- like Pl- playing a violin in like a little like, French revolution. Yeah, very suit. cute. Very cute. Um, and that was the original art I had, but then I was having a really hard time coming up with who, what they are, who they are as a character, what's their story. 
Um, and I think, let me see. Oh yeah, I have them right here. So uh, I went through those and I picked um, things and let's see. Uh, let me see. Da, 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 da. It refers to everyone by titles according to their relationship to them. Um, let's see. Because uh, bonds and flaws, that comes from your Yeah, class. there's like traits, so ideals, and bonds. They come from your class, your yeah. race, and your background. Okay, so they come from all of them. So I'm like pretty what sure. D&D Beyond lets you pick from. Is exactly. So I looked through the list, um, and I, I remember seeing one that was like uh, ideals. Honesty. Art should reflect the soul. It should come from within and reveal who we really are. And then yeah. after the fact, I like highlighted the word soul because mm -hmm. that was a very important theme for that campaign. Bonds. I idealize a hero of old tales and measure my deeds against that person's later after the fact realized it was mm. um, idolizing a hero that was actually themselves, but they don't remember. Yeah. Um, and then flaws. Uh, I have trouble keeping my true feelings hidden. My sharp tongue lands me in trouble. Um, that one I actually don't think I ended up less of a It's less of a sharp tongue than that. Just, it was more of like she didn't have an ability to lack rely. of social understanding. She, yeah, she didn't understand why she would lie mm -hmm. because she'd never been in a position before coming to Ravenloft where that would have benefited her. Yeah. But it was that, um, like, that first one that talked about the soul. And then I, because so he had mentioned that souls would be a big, a big deal yeah. in this campaign, I started kind of working on that. I did some research on Warforged and, like, how are they created and, like, the mystery around how they're yeah. created is kind of left out in the open. And the debate about, like, are they people? Or are, are they not? people? Do, Do they, they have, have a soul? And so I was like, okay, this is, and, uh, like, that's when, that was my thread that I started pulling mm -hmm. on. And um, I think I also found a TikTok of this really great creator um, who did, does, like, reimagined lore mm -hmm. um, in D&D, and he did one for Genasi. Interesting. And talking about this concept of the the character is the elemental spirit um and the the physical body is just a, a vessel that is compatible right and so with like that the spirit, spirit remains they exactly. just change vessels exactly and as so, those vessels and they are created like during this thing was like it was called like a, a ronin font or something it was like an elemental storm and that's when like the compatibility of the vessel and the spirit trying mm -hmm. to enter the material plane happens and then boom bam you've got a genasi yeah um, and so there was something about that. And then, like, I found different art of a Warforged um, that was more, like, water-based. And mm -hmm. so I was like, oh, like a water genasi trapped in a Warforged Rich. body. And it was it was that little fucking, um, like, thread that I started pulling on. And then my conspiracy board started growing and the red lines were connecting. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm figuring out who this character is. And before I knew – and I, in the conversations with my DM as I came up with those ideas and bouncing off of him, yep. that's when I tied her to an NPC um, and all these other – and, like, the, by the end of it, I was like, okay, I have her. Like, she's – Yeah. She's been born and she's fully realized and I'm invested. Yes. Um, but hitting – you have to, like – go through a process to really mm -hmm. hit that that moment where it clicks it's almost like i had because i had that with eva my monk in the ravenloft mm -hmm. campaign where 
I made her and I kind of, yeah, I only played spellcasters before. So kind of like, I want to just play a martial character. I want to hit some stuff. I don't want to have to keep track of spell cards. Mm-hmm. Like, I just want to be a little chaos goblin. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of what I went in with. And I went in with a, like an idea-ish of who this character was. And a little like a milder version of what you have with Cadence. It was just like I wasn't fully feeling it. And so I made that plot very early down the line that she would get killed off. And just that would be a fun little plot twist Mm -hmm. that we could just whip out. But then like Eva was a drunken way of the drunken master monk. And so, like, it's not mandatory that you be an alcoholic to study under that tradition. But it's, the writing's in the wall. Right. It's, <laughs> it's more like they move in a way that is similar with drunkenness so that, like, people underestimate them and all yeah, that Yeah, full rockly. However, it kind of came up, I'm like, okay, well, maybe one, like, through this trauma that she's had, like, her, she starts drinking more and she turned to that because her dad was a functioning alcoholic and who was, like, ran the monastery. Mm. And that, like, yeah, the drinking and having that kind of twisted relationship with alcohol in the monastery she grew up with was part of how they accessed some of their higher level abilities. So it was a thing of, like, their monastery was, att- like, okay, their monastery was attacked when they were younger. And, like, her mother died defending it. And then she was kind of left, like, her older – I knew her older sister had left to study – like, under a new tradition, because that's where however got that, like, way of the long death tattoo. Yeah. Had that ability. Um, But, so, yeah, so it was, like, just Eva and her two younger brothers, and she was kind of in that position of needing to inherit this monastery and all of that. And so you saw her kind of starting to go down the road her father went down that she said she wouldn't mm-hmm. with the drinking and stuff at Chakot because Ravenloft, like, Ravenloft was the first time she had left her monastery. Because after What a time. Yeah. What a time to be, like, a little little simple country girl hitting the big yes. city of Ravenloft. Yes. And, like, before, it was literally just, like, a, okay, this would be interesting and ironic if this character's, like, was kind of, was pretty naive and their first time that they left their monastery literally was when they got the offer to go to Ravenloft Mm -hmm. um and they she would have no idea what she was getting herself into she would just take accept it blindly and go because she wanted an escape desperately and then so it started like the backstory of like why she would want to escape and get away from that and get away from like the heaviness and the responsibility of that made more sense and then because like when we were taken the presumed deal was like okay you go you defeat all the dreadlords and then we'll bring you back and i'll dro- you'll get dropped basically right back right where you left off in the same conveniently. day right yeah. yeah so like in like the coming weeks was going to be like the anniversary of the attack on her monastery and so it was like she was very stressed so she's like i'm just gonna i'll just fucking go and like i'll be back and everything will be fine and then like much naivete the, yeah. yes and so it what started is just like this naive character now she had a reason for that like she wasn't allowed to leave the monastery because her father was afraid that more of the people he loved were going to die because they didn't know the assassins who came in and tried to kill them all yeah and it was just so like that character developed into so much more Mm -hmm. and i had so much more to play with but that really didn't come until after we had been in the game yeah and i started thinking about it like after her we started leveling up a bit and she got like another um like subclass feature uh-huh. and i was like okay 
because some of that it was like oh you move with kind of like a drunken or whatever and like i kind of started like her oh she drinks as a coping mechanism like as a joke but then i was like i kind of need to bring this in because yeah. it needs to come from somewhere also with the the more trauma they were experiencing in the in the environment of ravenloft it just made more sense for her to yes. like rely on that more and more yeah and it's like she has this kind of ability to still function because be it because like you know elven heritage like that good immune system you know magical creature thing and then also this tradition that she's trained under mm. where you're kind of it's been destigmatized i guess a bit and also like there's a bit of like already exposure to what it's like to be intoxicated at some level and yeah. how that can affect your ability to move without impairment and things like that yeah what i what I also equally love, I think, are those moments with those characters that maybe you entered the campaign with, like, nary an idea of who this person is. Mm -hmm. And then as the story progresses and there are times when you say things on a whim and they become a pivotal part of this character. And sometimes even you get so far into it that you realize in retrospect that, like, you made decisions about this character without knowing who they would eventually be. Yeah. That perfectly line up with the full image of that person. Mm -hmm. Down to, like, I remember there are times when, like, I've picked character names just because I'm like, this sounds pretty. And then the character develops, and then I look up the name meaning post things happening. And I'm like, oh, it fits so good. And I had no idea. Yeah. And it just happened on its own. And those are the best moments. But, like, the one that I can think of the most is um, my character, Reyna. And in that, like, you know, she's not a character that I play necessarily in a campaign or in a traditional D&D sense. No. But she's from the, the time of the the Ocean's Pride, the TikTok trend that kind of got a little bit viral and was trending. And yeah. so I was riding that wave and I was playing this character both in the Discord server that became like a living world. Yes. And then the the kind of transcending on what was happening there onto tiktok onto tiktok and so she was a character i absolutely made on a whim just by happenstance of i have a barbarian costume and that's like the only thing i have yeah. and so went into it and then once i started role playing her with other people i encountered scenarios where you know they would ask questions about her and i'm like i need to come up with shit yeah. on the fly because I haven't thought about it and yeah. like at all. And um I remember with her and you know again shout out to Oak one more time because I met him through this server. Yes. And I remember his character and mine interacting and his character had a whole dichotomy of um he had a book that he liked to write people's stories in and collect like their history their secrets and their history. Their secrets in their history you know he didn't advertise the secret part but no. he was like yeah just so tell me like, like who you are and whatever and this book would just be writing and also like what once something was in the book he couldn't repeat it exactly so it's like he he wanted to know things but like it was safe Ex with him once exactly but um he approaches my character and he starts asking me all these questions about like who she is where she came from yada 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 yeah and part of it is like i was still really new to D, &D so i'm like i couldn't even fucking name you a city and where we're in and so i was like <laughs> i was like who and on top of the factor that i'm like i haven't even thought about anything respective to this character's right. backstory so i made her intentionally really dodgy 
yeah. about revealing her 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 past and her truth yeah. and like try to brush it off as a joke and if he pushed further she's like i'm dead ass just not gonna tell you like, i'm just here for a new life like yeah not dwell on the past. very much like i'm not i i came here to start fresh start new and i'm not yeah. really gonna delve into my past and i made her so dodgy and me and that person talked afterwards and i like let him know i was like you're like hey it's just because this is me this, yeah. yeah this is me because i don't go i don't fucking know and <laughs> and he's like no that's cool I, like, I we can it. use it i dig it and so but then that prompted me being like okay well if she's dodgy why is she dodgy um and i at the time had read a lot of like Akatar. Like, yeah, you, you just read like the the main trilogy of Akatar. Yeah, I read through a lot of Akatar, and then also like I was watching The Witcher, and like there's several different influences that I drew on for inspiration on this. Um, but then I, you know, made her. Uh, I I I had made her character she for the Ocean's Pride mechanics to work, and I had chosen the background of Noble on a whim. Yes. And I looked at that and I was like, okay, well, I got to do something with that. And then I also harkened back to our previous campaign pre-quarantine that was in Eberron. Yeah. And a character that our DM played. And uh, things that happened with him going into the Feywilds and whatever. And so I started kind of tying this narrative of she was born a noble and heiress to a throne. But her dad, prior to her birth, had made like a deal with a with a fey lord in order to gain riches because of the reputation from a different npc that had done the same yeah and the cost was like uh of what what is it in the witcher like the bar the deal of uh, the law of surprise the law of surprise or it's like i whatever you come home to is mine exactly so it could be a puppy it could be money it could be a child so it was the same exact thing but it was the law of surprise and lo and behold it was his daughter uh, and ironically, in fairy tales, often is the child. Often is the baby. Um, and so kept that narrative. And then, you know, when she came to age to be coronated, he came to collect. Her mother said, nah, did some magic wombo wombo to basically make her her identity go away. Yes. And she had to go start a new life as an entirely different person. And should anyone ever find out that she was who she was, the spell would be broken and that fate archfey would, would be able to find where it is yeah so i came up with this whole fucking narrative just because of the fact that like i didn't fucking know <laughs> like yeah and what her story was old. and it stemmed from that decision to be like i'm gonna make her kind of intentionally dodgy because i don't i don't know how to answer these questions and there's definitely something to be said for giving yourself leeway and just like leaving things vague yeah to and like not Ha- you don't have to box if you, yourself if you know great but you don't have to box everything in absolutely right not jump. you can walk in with you know nothing but a goblin and a dream yeah and <laughs> see where that takes find your way find your way uh, but i love those scenarios that you start playing with a character and like whenever you run into things that you're like i haven't really thought about this or maybe the dice have dictated something about your character now yeah, you have to incorporate, and yes. that is also super. That's cool. always we've had a lot of that with my character in the Strixhaven campaign. Mm-hmm. Of like, I I've never, ironically, I've never been the person that there's a few people with like dice and characters. Like some people have like one set of dice that's for that character, and then so we have like a couple sets of dice for each. And I was always more of the pe- person that like I had a a lot of dice or like a good amount of dice. Is and that then, what like, we're calling it? Hmm? Is that what we're calling it? Yeah, the bag's the giant bag's not full. <laughs> <laughs> so did my father. 
Okay. I have, listen, I have no room to talk because I have a full fucking monster and I have a throne of dice that I sit upon. Yeah. I had to, I had to make myself stop. I went where I was buying too many of them in like quick succession and I was like, I must stop because I need to budget and be an adult. Um, But I would like, yeah, I would have just like my whole dice hoard. And then every time I played, I would roll a few or just kind of vibe check them and like pick what I wanted to play for that game. But then for Strixhaven, I've turned into now the person who it's like my Strixhaven character. She has one set of dice. These are her dice. Those are her dice. I don't touch. And she lives and dies by them. Yes. I don't (laughs) touch them for any other character. And yeah, we live and die by those dice. They're plot dice. Mm-hmm. If they like, they didn't roll that great last session. Then it was not meant to be. Opportune moments, and I'm like, you know what? That them's how the turntables. Like that's <laughs> it's fine because I've gotten some very clutch, like 17s, 18s, 19s, 20s, and some and very plot some relevant disgusting nat ones. little nat ones. Yeah. And in turn, in that specific with that specific character in that specific campaign. The NPC that I'm playing against you. You almost exclusively roll. Nat I almost exclusively I nat play nat twenties, and you roll nat ones. It's great. In that same interaction, and I'm like, this is disgusting. Because like you don't that. even typically like. I'm not a good God, roller. God, <laughs> I am not a good roller at all. Like I am, I'm very middle of the road, and honestly, sometimes the dice have decided that that day in particular, I'm gonna get fucked. Yeah like fully and uh you know i am i am definitely not our previous dm that would no. roll like an absurd amount would of have to fu- fudge how many like nat 20s he rolled yeah. because he would roll like five in sessions. order for us to not die yeah. and disgusting but no yeah like the fucking uh the way that the dice will dictate plot is one of my favorite it's very, very favorite it's things very both cool. for the the failures and the successes i always like i loved another funny example of that is i love darren the like the very very beginning of ravenloft that one shot we ran that was kind of actually like a skip ahead a yeah. little bit in the timeline where like we were going through the dungeon and like we had found there was a trip wire because of course there Ooh. was because <laughs> it's dungeon and like you know we're all going mm-hmm. and like you Somebody know? did like a search for traps and he found like the tripwire. Like, Clear, right. like clearly pointed out yeah. tripwire. Somebody's got like people got night vision. Somebody's got like a glowing sword or a torch or some shit. And we're like, see the do you do you see it? Everyone, everybody, we're all in agreement that we see the tripwire. It was like fantastic, hot and sexy. And then so everybody gets over. Surmount just surpasses fine. the mountain that is just the tripwire. Fine. And then Ollie's character cadence goes to cross the tripwire uh-huh. and you roll in that one. Yeah. And you yeah. just yeah. Yeah. full roly poly into that bitch <laughs> and set it off. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. And like did cause, it was, I think I was fine. Yeah, you were fine. Funny enough, I think I rolled the nat one for the tripwire and the dexterity check that was we rolled after. Well, I was you solid. just matrixed out of whatever the fuck. Yeah, made. and then meanwhile, everybody else got like Indiana Jones with some spikes from the floor. That yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was so okay. good. He's like, oh no, <laughs> I have made a mistake. <laughs> oh, it was so good. that was bad string. <laughs> it was so good. And then honestly, I think. In a lot of other cases in, in in the future in that campaign, there were several times when there was like 
clearly a trap shown. And there are definitely, I think there were definitely more instances where I rolled like a nat one on these dexterity yeah, checks. Yeah, because it, it became a running bit where it was like anytime that there was a trap, everyone's like side-eyeing Caden. It's like, bitch. You better not. Bitch, we need to let And then I would. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I was like, we're going to have to get you a little like. A little carrying. Somebody needs to bang thing. you and me. Something. Over Damn. the trap because it's not working. You need some flying boots so you can just float over. <laughs> I don't know what. Well, and it was kind of like Eva, too, of like anytime there was an opportunity where one might get uh, burned alive, uh, it was fucking Eva. It was fucking Eva. Um, yeah, like the Chimera <laughs> fight was real, real bad. Yeah. Um, like, she, she came got, out like, of that looking like the goddamn Rugrats Cynthia doll. Just a real mess. Yeah, because like she got so burnt. That I like made some of her burnt scarring permanent. Yeah, because she got spit roasted, not in a fun on way. On top of now having like trauma based around fire. Yes, and that yeah, and so like that that was always interesting. Where was I going with that? My brain's not working. I think we we're just talking about like rolling and the scenarios that like dictate character choices. Yeah, and it's like it, it was funny to see like fire become a thing for her and like that wasn't something i ever really planned on being like a aspect of her character and also like oh the snail is really good too (laughs) because the the snails are still a joke snails are still a joke to this day and i will never escape it and i fully expect there to be a snail on my gravestone you have like a snail crossing sign it's like it's a lot i think i think it'll be a moment of like if i have died prematurely y'all will be like standing and if a little snail just peeks up it's like that moment where you see a butterfly and you're like they're still with us but Mm -hmm. for me it's this little slow yeah slow moving snail now yeah it was a a a situation in which um i think me and bex's character tanari were soloing a diplomat mission with some gnomes so it was it was the end of that intro quest yeah it was the end of that dungeon where there was like ironically there were two giant big boy snails at the door and so like yeah cadence's character and yeah i think uh bex's character yeah because we're like we're the most charismatic hoes and if anyone's gonna talk this sword right. away from these yeah. gnomes it's us so like y'all went in and then the rest of us were kind of just there making awkward eye contact with the giant snails being like damn i hope i don't have to bonk <laughs> these giant snails. My, my guy um flail snails but yeah so yeah you were y'all were in that room we were yeah. kind of in the hall and i think bex was trying to distract the gnomes so that i could sneak over and get the sword uh failed again my like stealthy dick dex yeah. whatever um which like got- cadence is a warforged she's not the most she's not the most she dexterous. like she clump clomps she does clump clomp not- around and i got polymorphed into a snail mm-hmm. <laughs> and so you know at that point we were made the door closed y'all are trying to get in but can't right because you're fighting off flail snails at the door yeah and i got polymorphed into a snail and meanwhile bex is trying to finesse their way to get to the sword and fight off these druid gnomes and collect you and collect me and i'm like while they're doing that i am still slowly progressing as a snail (laughs) up this podium (laughs) to reach the sword because the last thing cadence remembered was her initiative to go get the objective was to get Get the sword and that does not change snail or gnome but it is like a flaming great sword so it's not like this isn't a rapier. This isn't a dagger. It's not a cutlass. It's not a certainly not a toothpick. That this I can is pick up. as big of a bladed weapon as you can get. 
This is some Scottish Highland shit. But I was determined. Nonetheless, yes. you have to do. You are legally legally required. Legally required. And what Caden said is she like. Oh, what's yeah. the correct word? I think because because of uh, Tanari being a Kalish, we still her- had telepathic communication. Yes. So, so like, they as Snape. Snadens. 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 Was creeping up the handle of the sword. Yeah. And Tanari, I think, took that moment to try to communicate with me. And what I said was, like, I'm almost there. And all of us (laughs) died died laughing. I was pissing myself laughing, bro. I... Because we were just having a fucking ride about the snail thing. But then, yeah, after after the fact, like, that's not even a a choice that was made. That happened. That happened to you. It happened it, to me. And it wasn't a choice the DM really made either because it was just like, I think he maybe rolled like a random thing. Oh, no, yeah. Just... But the thing is, is like that happened and it's not necessarily a thing that now follows Cadence as a character. It's a thing that follows It's a thing that follows person. me, Alejandra, the person. As a, as a human being. <laughs> as a human being. Yes. I walk through life haunted by snails. Yes. Because of you, my lovely, lovely friends. Yes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, but I love every second of it. And now we have little plastic snails as inspiration to Yeah, they're just we just like find snails. They're we like, find a way to fit them into like nature's litter. Just, like, <laughs> we find them everywhere in our lives. God, it's so good though. But no, yeah, character creation is such a fucking time and it's so wild to me. And like I think even there's a situation in I think it's critical role that they reference it with um uh, and you can help me out because I don't mm-hmm. fucking know dick all about Critical role and it's all Vox that. Machina. I probably got you if it's the other. I don't know things. if it's Vox. I don't think it's Vox Machina, but it is the one where um one of them is playing the little like goblin woman. Oh, that's not. So it's uh, no, Mighty it's, Nine. Yeah, Mighty Nine's campaign. Too. Yeah, I know. I've seen some of it. Yeah, and I I've seen clips of this, but I think it's such a cool moment of. Uh, and you know, I don't understand the full context, but I know it's impactful. Of they made a choice on a whim about like drown like a fear of drowning yes and yeah that was just a choice on a whim moment and that it carried through all the way like up until the end mm-hmm. it's like anytime they had to go underwater or whatever and like they got not i think it was like some kind of like ring of like water breathing or water mm-hmm. walking or something like that and like it still wasn't like she's still like mm, i don't fuck with it yeah and so and i know that like at some point later down the campaign um you know, it becomes this, like, super important character, like, developmental moment mm-hmm. for them because of this just pure, pure on a whim choice. Yes. Um, that happened just when faced with a random scenario as random scenarios pop up mm-hmm. in D&D tend to happen. Um, and I had a similar experience with Val in that, like, in our journey to Kabara, we encountered a couple of different water-themed combats. Right. In which I just subsequently happened to be the person dragged to a watery death. Yeah, like almost drowning. Almost drowning. So because because we would laugh about it, how like Eva had had a, had a fear of like fire, fire and burning to death, and, and Val had a fear of, of water, drowning. And I'm like, they need to s- just switch environments. Yeah, it happened twice, and I just made her start being super highly avoidant of water. Mm-hmm. Um, and then me and this other character who play this other player who plays a character that 
his and my character have known each other since they were children, um, made a cannon that she almost drowned as a child and he like pulled her out. And so she's just constantly had this fear of water. Yeah. And but it like she was had maybe made some progress on getting past yeah. it. And then it got but then exponentially worse. Getting yeah, getting fucking dragged in by a variety of giant Yeah, she got like swallowed monsters. by a frog or something. I got swallowed by a giant head. fucked up frog. And I had to literally activate my dagger inside the frog and get ripped out of the stomach. That's not just water. That's frog liquid. Yeah, that's a lot. Well, he was underwater with me in its stomach. Yeah, but like within the frog. Within the frog. Yeah. So so then, you know, even after like getting ripped out of the stomach, I am now underwater having to fucking wait. Yeah, you aren't out when you're out. It's like, you know, this. Yeah. And then, um, there were these like water elemental things that like almost dragged me into into the water and boss was like wading into the deep to come get me um so it was a lot and, and that one especially was like a reminiscent to the that memory oh yeah that like we that we made too close to home too close to home for her and then you know funny enough boss uh made her a little necklace of water breathing to cope with her fear no which was very cute and then she commissioned um some goggles of dark vision because yeah, he doesn't have, dark, doesn't have vision. dark vision um and you know now she's gotten got and, and like, now she got lord knows lord knows what's, lizard lords. what's gonna happen that boy's gonna be so traumatized if she i know she like commissioned the she commissioned it right before vision, they left like right before yeah so, so like, if she dies he's gonna get it after the fact and that oh. was the one thing that would have let him come with her and that yeah because he was gonna go and you're like no you're like you don't have dark vision you can't see yeah and you know that's that's just uh, that's good right. TV. Yeah, <laughs> that's just good TV, homie. I saw. I think I don't know. Maybe it's something about like associated with like World to Be on Number, or it's just like a random quote from like a Brea Brand or something. But it's like that, um, like not like smart care or like care- good character communication is the death of drama. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> it's like. If, if it all your, happens in the if all your characters are like well adjusted and communicate and like do everything yeah. right, then like no, then they'll never have that good good development. You can't have that good telenovela nah, we, style stuff. We need the drama, and it's funny because like for example, like Boss's character is such a golden retriever himbo, mm-hmm. always positive ray of sunshine, and he's like, I'm a I'm a be real with you. I don't I don't think he's gonna be yeehawing as much as anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because if she lives which hopefully she does then it's still traumatic he's still it's so traumatic and it's like he still has to see her and remember that she could have died and he didn't stop or that it, she went through everything she it. went through in yeah. the meantime and then if she dies that's even worse he gets that's even worse yeah. yeah um yeah but it's and it's also like i think in that same interaction that we have lucan who was the other character that was out with me and lucan's a character that like was sent to come protect me from my grandfather. Right. And then he got downed. And I used used every bit of my actions to save him and make sure he wouldn't get got, um, which will spell so much trauma for him when he wakes up. The survivor's guilt. The survivor's guilt is going to be so good. And that was a whole interaction where I'm like, man, the dice were dicing. Yeah. But it is like the thing where the dice were dicing on go. skills that I have a plus 10 and a plus 17 where right. I was not rolling anything you above an 11. Ha- if you roll like a five, you do all right. Yeah. But I got like dickle. you're not asking for much. I got dickle, man. Oh, it's so bad. 
Yeah. Like that is, it's cool to be able to take those like in game. That will be so frustrating, but then you can take it and twist it into the plot. Yeah. And, make and it's so some good shit. Nice. And you're like, okay, I'm, I'm almost, I'm glad this happened now because yeah. this is so interesting. Yeah. It's, it's those failures that like, I don't know. The failures are are something I look forward to the most. Weirdly, yeah. Of like when they happen, you don't like it. Yeah. But it turns into some of the most like pivotal or big moments in the campaign. Yeah. If you it also makes those moments that your character succeeds so much better. So much better. Yes. Um, and yeah, I don't know. A lot of like a lot of the character development I have for the the characters I played, I owe to those moments where I've rolled so poorly and then i have to justify it within myself for the character and it's it's setting yourself on those trains of thought that really kind of cement the yeah the character Mm -hmm. in your mind uh it makes it humanizes them like you can't be out here like listen as much as we all want to be the main character energy they aren't gods they are not gods and they are flawed yeah and even even if you're playing like level twenty, level thirty characters, your dice could still fuck you. You're not. You're not infallible. <laughs> like your if your dice said, yeah, you will die today. You will die today. And there is if your dice said a solar is going to shoot you in the heart. Then that's what's going to happen. <laughs> that is what's going to happen. That was God's will. <laughs> we respect it. Whichever it relevant day he was involved. <laughs> exactly. And, and you know, I told I told my DM that, too, because he was, you know, I don't think any self-respecting DM is out here seeking to kill Yeah, your, no, your no good DM you have a good relationship, I think, would relish killing a character because they've put as much or more effort into the world and these characters and thought and how the plots fit together as the players have. And while it's not the same level of commitment and bond, like it's emotional for a PC to die. Very. And it's hard to direct that. And like, they're the person that does the killing, right? They're the, (laughs) they're the person. The blood is in fact on my own hands. So it's like, it's, I, yeah, I wouldn't think that they would. No. set out to do it yeah but. and i know in that in that interaction with val like carson <laughs> shout out carson was i was supposed to be rolling everything at disadvantage due to exhaustion but yeah. he was really trying to pull whatever logic he could to at least make me roll flat um and give me the best chance at survival yeah it's like it's not, it's like i'm i as a human am now emotionally exhausted like please just roll and flat yeah and then like I truly rolled so many checks to try to get out of the situation. Yeah. And I w- all of my rolls were poor. And then I think I managed to hide from the guy that was pursuing me. And then at that point, he's like, okay, we're going to roll three stealth checks, like three rounds to see if hit three rounds of him trying to find you again and to justify that he is just going to give up and leave. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I rolled three rolls and I got a 25. A 19 and a 23. The best roles I had that whole fucking interaction. Because again, stealth is my shit. I'm a yeah. rogue assassin. This is supposed to be what I'm good at. Yeah. So I was like, there we fucking go. And I was so confident. And he's like, all right, he just has to roll below a 19 on all three. Yeah. Which is not a tall order. Not really, no. Not a tall order. Not. Not a logistically improbable thing. There's a lot of numbers. There's a lot of numbers between 1 and 19. And there was the one in the front failed, the one in the back failed. But 
the one in the middle, the one in the middle that was meant for that 19 was a nat 20. Fuck. And I was like, the dice have hate crimed me. Literally. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, this is both homophobic and sexist and racist. And I was like, oh my God. Person. Carson, please. Carson, please. Plus. After the emotional turmoil. Plus, Carson. Plus, Carson. But I was like, I was, you know, at that point, I was, he, and he's like, I don't want to do this. And we cut it That's off. That's also where, like, online dice bots suck because you can't roll hidden. Can't roll when hidden. It's like, it is if out. You're, if you're on a table, like, it's, and you roll behind the screen, and yeah, something like that happens, and you're like, all right. I don't want that. You don't want this to happen. I don't want this to happen. Like, but you, you can fudge it if you want to. Yeah. But not, not on, not, not on a dice spot. No. Where it's just your, that own. record stands for the jury to yeah. see. And I was like, I told him, I was like, Hey, listen, the dice have spoken. I'm okay. Like it is what it is. It is what it is. And I was like, I will find my peace. And so we cut it off at like a, like a cliffhanger and stuff. And it was funny because afterwards he's messaging me about it. And I was like, listen, I'm cool with it. Like, I think she, if she goes out like this, she did it so in a way that she's like, it's true to her as a character. Yes. She risked herself to save someone else. Yes. Um, And she definitely went out fighting like a goddamn feral street cat. Right. Yeah. It wouldn't, like, if this is what causes her to die... It's not like a stupid, meaningless death. No. And I'm like, I'm at peace with it. But he's, he comes back and he's like, I'm not fucking ready. <laughs> he's like, I'm we, not we've done so much character creation backstory on this bitch. You're just so beaten down by the <laughs> You're like, Listen, it is what it is. <laughs> after the dice. If she dies, she dies. After the <laughs> dice just keep punching you directly in the fucking mouth. Right. For like what felt like forever. Yeah, eventually at some point you're like, I am just going to stop feeling things now. <laughs> I'm and shutting like, down. Whatever happened. Like, I am at peace. I'm staring at the meteorite. You're like, I'm not driving. The earth. I'm not driving this bus. The DM's not driving this bus. We're just on for the Something, ride. Yeah. Yeah. And then just like. Swim. The hand of a fallible God is driving this bus. <laughs> and I do not know what's going to happen. Yeah. But he was like, bitch, I'm not ready. We've done so much with her, her, her backstory that we haven't even like truly gotten to touch yet. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I know. I'm like, no, I'm aware. I'm aware. I'm invested. I'm, I'm here with you. But. It, like we can't you're, the you're the one that rolled out 20 yeah take it up with you and your god like yeah <laughs> take it up with the dice bot like that's on you that's on you it's not it might be my fault that i didn't get on my knees for the robot this morning when we started playing I don't know, but i don't next time you you have to like, <laughs> i don't know burn some incense I, whatever you need to do whatever you need to do but my god my god oh it does make for good uh Good additions to the playlist, though. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. When, like, which is an, another element of character creation. That's a whole other, yeah, like, just the very creative, like, ways that you can define oh, your character. So that's a whole, Listen, that'll be a whole other. The maladaptive daydream is strong with me. Oh, same. And yes. every single one of my characters does have to have a thematic playlist that mm-hmm. runs through both them as a person as well as events that have happened to them thus far in the story yeah my strict seven character has three there's hers and then there's she has two separate ones with two other npcs yeah her two toxic like, possible love love choices are they both toxic uh, one's toxic one's toxic there's her toxic ex and then there's her childhood friend 
who that's like a will they won't they yes through like intense series of circumstances they've been brute forced into seeing each other as like adults that are attractive Uh and it's like damn i feel things that i am not prepared to feel exactly Um, exactly and we're slow burning it yeah which is funny enough like i guess the heart it might get it might get toxic down the road who fucking knows there's still time (laughs) for shit to go awry (laughs) who fucking knows but i know that like and to harken back to like i think a little bit of our previous episode about the differences between like male and female like ttrpg experiences um consistently i have always found that like i don't know many guys in my life that play dnd that have playlists for their characters <laughs> at all or no. make a fucking pinterest board or etc cetera, etc cetera. No. they're like at most they might find a, ca- a piece of character art yeah i mean um, like like dms will make playlists and stuff because yeah. they need it for, they need like, to for scene development and things like that or just like stuff to write to or whatever but most like male players that i've played with no not really yeah but like for us that is a staple that is a foundation of character creation it's part of the fun of it you have to you have to have your ginormous pinterest board or several collections Mm -hmm. of pinterest boards and then you have to have your playlists Mm -hmm. and then you have to and like you've got to play those playlists on the way to the game to get yourself into into the mindset um, and then you have your fucking 40 page backstory text thread between yeah. you and your DM that dictates everything that's ever happened to this character. Yeah, just the running OSRP. Started. The running OSRP of it all. And like you've gotta have your your three your three pillars of of the character creation. The legs of the stool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um because if not, I don't know, for me, if not, then it's not a fully realized character. There's there's characters that I've I've conceptualized for like one shots and i feel like i operate in two different fonts i either play uh hot bitches Mm -hmm. sometimes muscle mommies which still constitute under the umbrella of hot bitches yeah um subcategory subcategory of hot bitch and then i also will play just a little like small animal race gremlin just a little guy just a little guy little a little two foot tall owl and the things on every level except physical he's an he's an orc like (laughs) i love it a little pocket a little a little pocket-sized friend who is full of chaos and mayhem as one does i typically only crank those out at one shots but yeah that you can like it's easier to maintain that energy for a one shot than have to keep it up through a campaign yeah i've always been like i gotta come up with something that's like really cute and kind of chaotic. And like one shots are a fun time to try stuff that you haven't tried before, be it like races or classes or different yeah. things. And so you have more license to just go a little buck wild because mm-hmm. you're like, I'm not going to be stuck with this character and the consequences of my actions for oh, like yeah. the next few months if I do. You're also like, I can just fully long. spend all my fucking spell slots before we hit yeah. lunch. Like, yeah. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> You're like, I spent everything on fairy lights to decorate the room. I'm sorry. I can't, I can't <laughs> I help you. In I battle. don't care. I am an aesthetics asshole. And- yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 a fucking time. But, like, I think regardless of the extent or the level of which I've created these characters, whether I've got an entire archive of data mm-hmm. for everything that has to do with this character or I've made them up five minutes before we sat down. Yeah. Um. 
Like, I think there, there's still always a process and it's still just like, I don't know. I love all of them. I love Same. all of them so much. I love having like, that's why I have the d Beyond like subscription because like I can just have all my like little library. All my children. children. And like even some of the ones that like the way they're actually built isn't fully like a can't really do it in D&D Beyond. I still have a version of them in there. I have to. I was like, I need you to be present and accounted for in the classroom. <laughs> like, you can't not I be I need here. to visually see that you're there. Yeah. Kind of same. Like, I have my characters in Roll20, but, like, I, even though it doesn't correlate with D&D Beyond, I will, I still have to make their sheet. I don't like making sheets in Roll20. Just a personal preference. I have, I, I mean, I have to just for the fact of, like, that is how we play. Yeah. And how we roll and all that stuff. But, like, I definitely prefer D&D Beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, even though I have a Roll20 sheet, I still, I still need to have them in there. That app access. You need to be able to. Yeah. Sheet. Yeah. Fuck Wizards of the Coast. And I'll, and I'll say that with my whole chest. Literally. But. Literally. but <laughs> lizardly. Lizardly. I'm tired. That's okay. fine. <laughs> That's um, good. yeah, no. Can't fuck capitalism. But fuck capitalism. Brendan, as Brendan Lee Mulligan, our Lord and Savior, yeah. has Listen, stated, like, fuck capitalism. Fuck capitalism. Yeah, the true villain all along. Yeah, I think it was somebody asked me like if I was gonna play, like what I thought about like the like 1.0 like dnd 1.0 and i'm like i think nothing because i bought all the 5e materials and i'm not buying new shit yeah absolutely not <laughs> it's like i refuse it's like we we live and die by fifth edition we, and I'm we sorry. live and die by fifth edition yeah and yeah i can't no i can't with the, I can't, the changes i can't they start anew no no i'm in too deep i mean i'm in the red already yeah and there's no, no hope of profit at this point <laughs> emotional profit emotional profit plenty Finan- financial it's down the drain yeah. we're not getting returns on them absolutely not absolutely not um well yeah that's all righty that's character creation thank good you shit. yeah that's good fun. shit good shit good shit um thank you so much for listening again to episode four of our little table talk i almost said ted talk our little TED, our little TED table. It's it's a form of TED talking. I have TED table talk. T- TED table talk. Table talk. Thank you for listening to our TED table talk. Uh, <laughs> and a soft reminder again that with everything, D D is just a game. Yay. It's just a game. It's just a hobby. It's not that serious. It's not that deep. It's not that deep. Um, take care, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Table talk is a podcast brought to you by Mythos Media Productions, bringing you a new episode every Wednesday wherever you get your podcasts. Find us on Instagram and TikTok at TabletalkRPG or check us out at our website, mythosmediaproductions.godaddysites.com. All business inquiries can reach out to us via email at info at mythosmediaproductions.com.